This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 69 of Beers in the Lot. Unless you're a Flyers fan, we have a nice episode for you this week. We started out talking about the big changes to the coaching staff in Philly. We talked about Danny's nice game he had this week in Beer League. And we finished up with a little bit about the nice home jerseys that the Seattle Kraken wear. All right, let's get to those beers. Crack them. Everybody's on Team Poor. Oh, yeah. It smells delicious. <laughs> what smells delicious? <laughs> <laughs> so tonight I got a uh, Dogfish Head Camp Amp. It's a milk stout brewed Ooh. with graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows, and cocoa powder. And vanilla. Very Christmassy. We dig that. And it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got tonight, John? Uh, so Christmas staple Trogues Mad Elf Ale. It is the season, so I only I only like only have them for like two or three weeks. Last year I got the twelve pack in cans. I haven't been able to find that yet, but I feel like when I got it last year, I was out in a day and a half somehow. So, <laughs> I don't know. So, but uh, yeah, it's just a you know eleven percent beer. No big deal. But uh, it's Christmas, so best time of the year. Riggs, what do you got? I have one of my favorite local brews, uh, Attaboy's Guava No Guava. So nice, solid New England IPA with all the citrusy goodness and all that stuff going on. All the hops. Yes. All right, Johnny, tell us what happened in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, a dog shit on the ice, which made me the most happy today. Not just hey, on the ice, on the logo. Right on the logo. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's years overdue. Like, let's, <laughs> on, let's, let's be honest on that statement. But no, they did a, uh, I think they kind of did the opposite of what Vancouver did. And Vancouver kind of like cleaned house in a good way. You know, like let's shake everything up. Flyers only, they shake hand their head coach and Michelle Therrien, two French Canadians. So now I guess I'll have a job in Montreal soon. Um, <laughs> but Michelle Therrien was in charge of the offense slash power play for the team. And then Vino, head coach, obviously. But they left Mike Yo there who is in charge of the penalty kill, which is also abysmal, and their defense, which is also abysmal. So kind of curious why they kept those guys. I, I just, and their goaltending coach and a few of the other people, I, I don't know why, but. Can, can you explain to me what happened with Voracek? I don't know what happened because I really don't care about Philadelphia, but it would seem to me that on a roster that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But on a roster that has trouble scoring goals, 
somehow, that, some way. That they would want to figure out a way to keep Voracek around. I didn't understand that one either. I was surprised when I saw that. I think he was unhappy. I, I think he was unhappy, and that's why. Now, they did get Cam Atkinson, who actually, he's had a decent season, considering all. Um, but, you know, if a lot of the guys, so like Konechny a few years ago, you know, like somewhat of a breakout year. Everyone in Philly was saying, it. you know, oh, he's going to be great, and he's kind of, he hasn't really done anything since that year. Drew is slowing down, but Drew also was never like, We'll call a spade a spade. He was never like a fast NHL, almost like Joe Thornton kind of, where Joe Thornton was never fast, but Joe could read the play so well, he was in it. Now, unfortunately for Giroux, I think he's kind of hindered from some of the guys around him. All right. He right. he he played really well with Voracek. Um, and I also think too, like Carter Hart, like I'm not saying he's a bad goalie, but like I think they gave him a ton of responsibilities really quick. And one of the like stalling points on the firing of Ron Hextall was they they wanted Carter Hart and he was kind of like I would rather keep him in Lehigh Valley another year or two just to get some positivity and some starts under him in kind of a low pressure environment like Philly is not easy on goalies or quarterbacks or pitchers or actually Santa or like anybody really they're like <laughs> I mean so like they but, did <laughs> they did throw snowballs at Santa. Yeah. At a football Scumbags. game. Half, half time, I think. Yeah. If, if I remember the story correctly. Yeah. But they're not like, and also to that team, like if you kind of look at the construction of it, they also are a team that's going to be in flux. Like Drew's going to be gone just because he probably wants a shot at a cup. I don't think Philly's going to give him that in the next couple of years. We don't like Drew. We know that. Um, Couturier is decent, but he's kind of like they all the players they had that were kind of carrying him was kind of like I wouldn't say a valley because I don't want to say that because you know there's they could turn it around technically and then you know ten games from now you're like oh whatever right but it just doesn't it doesn't look good now are they like on life support like in Montreal and Vancouver no there are a few points out of like really being close to the wild card or in the wild card but you know. Time's ticking very fast. The math isn't going to look good in a week or two if they were still on the same path. So yeah, are th are they one of these teams that is, you know, in that uh, what do you call it? The cycle of mediocrity, yeah, where circle of average, right? It's just like, the same yeah. shit over and over. Yeah. And unfortunately, like I hate saying it in such a rude way, like you get rewarded at some point normally, like. You you can kind of find a gem or like if your scouting staff is really smart, you make some good trades along the way and pickups, you know, you you have a good pro staff uh, for scouting. Like you can find a guy or two or something. Even you, you kind of get fool's gold, kind of like what Montreal did last year, you know, or Vancouver a few years ago during the bubble. They, they caught lightning in a bottle, unfortunately. And it just kind of, I mean, even when we went to the, the Pens game, we, we even kind of, I mean, granted, a lot of us were joking and, had a little liquid courage in our system. We're like, this Philly team is not that good. Oh, horrible. But like, if you look like nothing really impressed me with their play. And every time I watch them, I'm like, meh, like there's no, I hate saying it. Cause like it sucks as a Pens fan, but Danny, you could probably agree. They always go like, 
oh, Philly tough, you know, like we're the Brad Street bullies, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, they're they, not. Like, I remember, but I remember even a few years ago when, like, <laughs> even a few years ago, yeah, even a few years ago when you played Philly, like, regardless of where they were in the standings, like, you knew it would be a, a fight. Like, they had some edge on that team. They had, like, Hartnell and a few other guys, and even Couturier, like, at that point, like, he was yeah. tough to play against. You're yeah. like, yeah. shit, we got to play it's those scrappy, guys tonight. Yeah. yeah. And and now it's like, meh. Like, just kind of like, meh. I saw a, I think it was a Flyers fan, and I don't know who they are on Twitter, I think. Might have been on a comment on Facebook, but they were basically like, everybody's worried about keeping the Philadelphia core together to try and like retool. And he was like, what are you talking about? The only players left in the so-called Flyers core from the last few years of actual success that they've had is Giroux and Couturier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've let guys walk. They've sent guys all over the league and they've got basically nothing in return for all those moves and they're stuck where they're at right now. So I just, I think it's interesting that you know, going back to Voracek, you know, you knew you had trouble offensively the last couple seasons, and you're going into this season, and you basically let him walk. I just, I don't, I don't get it. And he, Voracek is always the guy, like, whenever you're playing Philly, you're like, this, this guy is fucking scoring. Like, right? It was almost, it was <laughs> almost every game you played him, like, it, he was scoring. Like I used to call him score check because he just would score all the fucking time. Right. Every time we played him. What happened what happened with uh the Nolan Patrick situation? Like why He's in Vegas, sir? Yeah, he was supposed <laughs> to be their like prospect, <laughs> like second overall pick, and then they just let him go. If I remember right, like when he was drafted, he had he had like wrist surgery or elbow surgery, like something funky. And then he got I remember the actual term they used he was delayed in training camp because he had a facial infection whatever the hell that means what? i don't even i don't e- yeah i don't even know what that means um and then he just never got going like he he would come in he wouldn't do anything and it was weird because if you actually looked at the time when the flyers had him it was like almost perfect for him to develop because he was slotted as a third center it was Couturier. And then I think I forget who they had is that second dude in the middle, but like it was set up so it'd be like perfect for him. Like give him that third line center. Drew the first center? At one point, yeah. And then he switched to wing. So maybe that okay. was it. Maybe yeah. it was Drew, Couturier, and then yeah. Nolan Patrick. And then now Drew's more like wing hybrid type thing, because it makes more sense. Yeah. But but it was like perfect and they couldn't develop him. And I don't know if that's like a I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's a, you know, kind of not to brag a little bit, but, you know, depends like Rigsby and I know Ty Hennis works with all the injured guys. And they always say like when those guys come back, it almost is like they don't miss a beat. And I think that's because the people they have in place working with those people that are on injury reserve or coming back or ramping up or, you know, beginning that kind of build stage, kind of where Gino's at right now. Like, those guys when they come back, they always look like, yeah, they're they're a little rusty, totally, because it's game versus you know simulation. But like, 
they don't look that bad. Like Ty is doing the right things in Pittsburgh. And there's other organizations too. I just know Pittsburgh because I got a good finger on that. But like Philly, I feel like for years, like it was prospects. It was guys going in and out, even coaching too. Like Michelle Terrian's been around the league a billion years. You add um, Haxtell and he's in Seattle now. And I actually think that team's playing well. I don't think they played that bad under in Philly. I don't think so, but they cleaned house a few years ago and they got rid of Hextall and in a Hextall because of patience. They just couldn't, I don't know what it is. That organization is not patient clearly, but yeah, they don't understand what they had. We went off on Montreal last week about not having the right strategy and, and foresight and, you know, having a plan to get to wherever they want to go. I think Philly's kind of the same way where it's, they still think that they're super competitive in the division and the conference and they're not anymore. And they need to, no. they need to have a more long-term plan to get back to where they were, where you guys yeah. were talking about before. Anytime you, especially if you had to go to Philly, I think it was always tough regardless of whether or not they were considered cup contenders or, or whatever. Uh, I don't think it's like that anymore. I mean, look at, I mean, the Avs went in there tonight and just pumped them, but like, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I don't think, yeah, and, I don't think there's that intimidation factor anymore. And think yeah. about it. Normally when you see a coach get shit canned, you usually either see one or two things happen. Like the team comes out for, five to 10 games and like kind of lights the world on fire. Like you see some passion, like some, yeah, there's a bump, right? And I, I feel like the bottom just looks like it fell out. Like, I, I don't think it's, you know, over the course of the last couple of games where the bottom saw like kind of look like tonight, like color. I mean, they made some good plays and, you know, seven to four, I think it was a final, but like I, I was watching, I was telling Riggs like offline kind of jokingly. I'm like, it like they just did dumb stuff the whole game. Everyone <laughs> Proveroff too. I think that's the other thing. I think they thought he was a bona fide like Victor Hedman type or a young Adam Fox and all this stuff. Proveroff is not at the moment. Hey man, I, I think he's. I thought his first couple of years in the league. I thought you're like oh shit. I thought he was yeah. legit, man. Yeah. I thought he was the last like so. three seasons. I've been like, huh? Like guys still in the league, like jokingly, of course, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like there's nothing, you know, like there's nothing there where you're like, wow, this is. And, and Carter Hart too. Like, I don't know who the goaltending coach is, but like, I know he had a lot of issues last year, especially it was documented like in some reports, like, he was living by himself. So he'd go to the rink, practice, go home. And it was like really tough for him. So, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying like, you know, that's still happening because Pennsylvania is not, yeah, it's not great with all that situation. We would know firsthand kind of, but yeah, too soon. But like, if you, if you kind of look at it, like, I don't know what his, I don't know what his current setup is. I'm sure like he's doing other things to kind of like, make sure mentally he's fine and, and getting in more groove, but, but I, it doesn't look like he's getting any help from his teammates. Like they're getting, 
they're getting pumped every night. Is is anybody in the league that you know of? Are they still doing that kind of mentor thing where like the new kid comes in and lives with like a veteran? Because the the Pens did that. Uh, Gonchar or Malkin stay with Gonchar. Uh, Sid stay with uh, Lemieux. And I, I've seen it elsewhere as well. Is that still around? Because I thought that was like really good. Yeah, guys are still doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's so much like they live with them as much anymore. Um, I think that still happens for sure. But I think there, there is that sort of like mentor mm-hmm. protege thing that goes on with, you know, the young guys coming up. Uh, like you saw when when Joe Thornton was in Toronto, you know. Marner and Matthews and that whole crew were hanging out basically like they were adopted kids, you know, <laughs> yeah, all the time the, yeah. around Marlo, the family. Marlo had Marner and Matthews over for like Christmas. They were wearing PJs and shit with the kids. <laughs> yeah, they were over there. Like there's all that kind of stuff that goes on. Um, I know, you know, in Washington right now, um, you know, Connor McMichael has been hanging out with TJ Oshie a lot. That's smart. Uh, and so I think, I, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you, you're ultra talented now learn the work ethic and, and kind of the positive attitude that Oshi carries about himself and, you know, you can go a long way, but yeah, I think that still goes on. I don't know if it goes on in places like Philly where everything <laughs> is so fucked up. Yeah. But like, <laughs> well, Remember, remember a few years ago when they had, uh, did Nidamaki, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, and I forget who the other, the other, they, and they, they didn't like it because apparently all the young guys were hanging out and they called them the frat pack and shit. And then they jettisoned Mike Richards to LA. They threw Jeff Carter in Columbus. And then at the trade deadline, <laughs> Columbus sends Jeff Carter to Mike Richards. And then they go rattle off two Stanley Cups in a few years. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, but it, that was that whole disaster of personalities that was in Philly at the time between those two yeah. Briere uh Hartnell. I think Pronger's still around Hartnell's still around like what there was some interesting stuff we'll just leave it at that <laughs> apparently the young guys were there were some stories you don't need to get into yeah. but you could find it online if you really want to yeah. dig into it just google search all those names together and yeah like, you'll find something yeah. but but the other thing too i kind of think like philly especially they kind of ran it like a mini edmonton oilers for years they had bobby clark as a gm and yeah they you know they had lindros and the legion of doom for all those years and they went to a cup they got pumped by the red wings but they were like they were always competing. They were like they were close. They, they were close. close. They're close. Yeah. And like and similar, what I said like you do not want to go into Philly or have Philly come into your barn because yeah. those were tough freaking teams. And then Bobby Clark left, and they had Paul Holmgren also in the Flyers community, like kind of like a boys' club. And if you look at some of the decisions and coaching hires and whatnot, like did they really do anything? It seems like they were just trying to, you know, they tried to prolong that whole, oh, we're the tough Philadelphia Flyers, but like they couldn't back it up. And they're, and you could still have a very aggressive, tough ass team. I mean, we watched the uh, highlights from Toronto and the Jets last night. Both of those teams are offensive juggernauts, really good teams, good goaltending, good defense, good offense. 
and they were kind of throwing, I mean, there's quite a few suspensions and fines from yeah. last night too. So, yeah. like, you know, if you need to play that every now and then go for it. Um, but I don't think that that whole intimidation factor that we were talking about, that's, that's been gone for, I, I think when Keith, uh, Primo scored that five overtime goal like against uh, the Pens, you know, years ago. I think that was the last time you, I remember being like, "Oh, the big bad Flyers." Uh. <laughs> remember, they came out of lockout, the lockout, and they were dead last. They were dead freaking last. They were horrible. And then they had the Cup run against uh, Chicago. And if it wasn't for Danny Briere, they probably wouldn't have got there. He scored all the overtime goals for them. Yeah, Peter Pan, as Danny called him. <laughs> Offside by a mile on the one. Eh, Never uh, getting over that one. They still would have lost that series, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. That was, oh, that was the Breeze Galoff Flower series when they were the players were shooting beach balls and it was going in still. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I remember that. So bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but. But your buddy's back in the league, Riggs, in Vancouver, Boos Boudreaux. I know. Gabby's back. It's great. <laughs> this is his last ride. He's not getting hired after this. I guarantee it. He, Okay, here, here's the thing, man. I like Boudreaux because he, he played his pro hockey in, like, the old school era, right? So he played... Uh, before all the 90s clutch and grab and all that crap happened. So his coaching style is that old school, high-flying, lots of goals. Uh, but he's adapted that to the modern game where, you know, whether you like advanced analytics or not, uh teams are using them and they're making decisions based on that and his coaching style actually fits that model very very well and and he he's one of the first coaches i think in the modern game you know in the last 15 years or so that that fits the modern game and and the way that you should play it and the way that it's tracked, you know, surface numbers or underlying numbers, however you want to do it. So I, and he's, he's insane. You never know what he's going to say. He's always good for a one-liner, but he's, he's awesome. I love him. So go Gabby. He's a passionate guy. Yeah. He's got his work cut out for him in Vancouver. Cause I think it's a bit of a mess out there. Which is surprising because uh, they had that one line that was going last year or last season. You're like, this is going to go over into the next season too. And just nothing flat. Yeah. I don't understand like with some of the players that they have, like how, like why can't they figure something out? And yeah. maybe that's, maybe that's the whole point and bringing somebody new in. I don't know. Right. But be, it would help if they got some goaltending probably. I don't think it's all Demko though. I think I think part of it's they they like have Quinn Hughes and a few other pieces in place, and I think that's really it. 
and then there's yeah. not a lot of support and Besser Miller. He only has 10 points the entire year. I know. What is he doing? Like, yeah. Come on, man. Do something. You, you know, I that name where it's like, yeah, uh, poke him with a stick. a stick. Do something. <laughs> 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 and the other thing too, like through 22 games, Brock Besser only has 56 shots. That's not good. That's a problem. Really not good. Yeah. Thing, yeah. I mean, it just is not, it's not in a good way. Like they are not him too. Like he, he looks off. Pedersen looks off. They, even Quinn Hughes to some extent, they all look off. And I don't know if that's a Travis Green thing or maybe like there's something else going on there. But like they got Oliver Eggman Larson and Connor Garland. And they got rid of Louis Erickson's boat anchor contract. Like there were a lot of people that were like, Vancouver's going to make some noise this year. And it's, well, they made noise, just not in the way a lot of people wanted it. <laughs> the, to. Wrong way. the wrong way. The wrong way. So Boudreaux though, does have a pristine track record for not only coming in and like making positive changes and positivity in your organization. If you're an offensive player, you almost instantly get that shot of adrenaline in your arm. You start, he, he has a good way of making offensive players feel good about their game and turning that around quickly. So like, I think for, especially if we're talking Quinn Hughes, Ekman Larson, Pedersen and Besser, those are the four guys. And even Connor Garland too. Those are guys on your team. You need them to be feeling themselves every night when you go up against any team in the NHL. So if if they're not having a go of things or something isn't right, that's a problem. Like especially if those guys are the ones giving you offense, that's a problem. So and they all can't be like Danny, you know, just burying goals left and right. Yeah, Shoulders I know. Are dying. I know. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Last night. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just... I was. I've been put on D for so long. How many do we score total? Five. We had five. So it was a tie game. <laughs> yeah. It was a tie yeah. Game. Us, it, us versus Danny. If yeah. I didn't show up. <laughs> tie game. Actually, actually, one of the funniest parts of the entire night was off the one face off. I was just razzing him. I was like, do you even know how to fucking pass? Like, what are you doing? Him. Somehow someone came in our zone. In the offensive zone, I was on the other wing, had my stick like ready to shoot. The person shot the puck wide. It was a breakout pass to Danny. Danny goes down on a two on one, passes it over. And if if the person, if it was like one of five other teammates, they would have buried the goal. And as Danny's skating up the ice, he's like, I just passed it to shut you up. Like it was just funny. <laughs> him and I just going back. And then and then midway through the game, I just told him he had a bunch of passengers on his team. <laughs> yeah, and then you you came out to the the uh, the parking lot. And you gave me your bio freeze for my back, yeah, yeah, for your back and your shoulders. I was worried about you. I was worried about you. Nah, I'm telling you, like my my captain put me on defense for way too long, and I missed He's like a fame blocker. That's a, a month problem. of offense. I just That's I just had to is. go off. Yeah, fame, fame blocker. I had all that. Pen, I had all that pent up aggression. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had to come out. Had to come out sometime. 
<laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, it was not. It was not a, a great night. So, I mean, good skate and all, but yeah, I had yeah. a point. Yeah, I want to. We got our cookie. Just <laughs> yeah. said the last time we got smoked. Ah, I got a goal or two. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got my cookies. I got my cookies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, and and the only thing that was like kind of comical about the whole thing, like we would get like kind of close. We build this momentum, build this momentum, and a puck would bounce like it hit someone's foot. Yeah. go like inches wide of the net or like Rigsby and I would go, we had like a great two on one kind of, and it's a play we probably made a hundred times. And like, it was like an inch or two off and we get back to the bench. I'm like, shit, like I'll just yell next time. I normally don't do that. You know, like we're thinking, yeah. And then yeah. as we're on the bench talking, like it hits off someone's foot and goes in our net. We're like, what the fuck? Like, you kidding me? <laughs> like, one of the goals, all of Daniel's shot, like Daniel shot a man, all the other ones, they just bounced off people's feet and shit. Yeah. yeah. Dan- yeah. Danny had the only like legit, like snipes, <laughs> like yeah. everybody else was just like throwing pucks around the ice and they just happened to pinball in. Yeah. Danny was Vercilli's <laughs> Pinball Knights wizards. Of- Enemy at the gates. <laughs> uh, yeah, your captain the whole time was like, "Oh, I'll I'll take the shot," and then you just yeah. come up in the playoff game like, "Can I borrow your rifle, comrade commissar?" <laughs> and he goes, "Do you know how to shoot?" And you're like, "A little." Well, it was funny because he came up to me uh, when we were warming up. And I, I forgot my shoulder pads. And he's like, hey, Danny. I said, I'm not playing defense. I don't have my shoulder pads. <laughs> what? That's like he goes, your, your prerequisite yeah. to play D? Well, yeah, I don't want to get hit, in, well, yeah, get hit with a shot. Yeah, you get hit with a yeah. puck in the I'm chest. I'm not doing that, man. man. That's I'm, no good. I'm too old for that shit. You can't lift the puck over your waist. You're fine. Yeah, but the one time that they do. Mm-hmm. True. Actually, we had a few guys yeah. on our team get hit like waist and shoulder high with breakout passes. Breakout passes. Exactly. <laughs> I got I was trying to catch grenades all night. It's terrible. You gotta uh, you gotta like do like soccer, you gotta chest them down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually we were yeah. we were talking to somebody in the parking lot jokingly about that, and he goes like he's like, Yeah, I would rather just it hit me in the chest versus like hit my stick all weird and then I'm like fumbling for it and then I could run into somebody. He goes, At least if I and it's my chest. Like I can still kind of look up and see what's going on around me. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I was like, Oh yeah, it kind of makes sense. But <laughs> brutal. At least you'll be consoled next yeah, game. I'll be consoled. And then yeah, yeah. We'll have be. beers. Yeah. Then yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Beers time. <laughs> A little bit of uh new year's and holiday break. And then, Back, at, back it. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Back at it. Just like tonight, our team, John and, and my team, <laughs> we're missing uh Aaron because he is off adding a plus one to the family. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations again, Aaron. Your yeah. dad. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> twice times. You're a dad. You're a dad twice <laughs> times. Yep. Twice times. <laughs> This is when it gets real. This is when it gets real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't have a man advantage anymore. Nope. You nope. got to play man to man. Man to man. 
<laughs> As someone who has no kids, I, I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> 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 when that changes, I'll just look like a disaster all the time. All just doubles and shit. <laughs> Wait, what's different? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, I'll probably I'll probably like have more energy, more pep in my step. Yeah, you'll have dad strength. Uh, I'll probably have to stop swearing as much though. Yeah. <laughs> Only yeah. for a little while. Yeah. It happens. Can you imagine the stuff my child would say though? Oh, just oh, yeah. like evil, hateful things. Yeah, not normal. Not normal curse words. <laughs> there's, <Yeah>. there's <laughs> there would be so many calls from the school. So many calls. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Walker. Your child referred to the teacher as a jag. <laughs> Can you clarify? I will say this: I love those Seattle home jerseys. Yes. Oh yeah, love, dude. Yep. Yeah. The darks. Oh, it just on looks the good. Ice with the with the two the two um, you know, like that sea foam and the other teal and even the little red that little red stripe it's a nice little pop it right adds yeah. to it like oh man they just look so good on the ice i like the anchor patches yeah, yeah man space needle oh they need to do something nice. with that like yeah that could be a cool third jersey yeah give them time don't worry they're gonna have about 19 jerseys trust me <laughs> they're gonna be like the pens <laughs> they're gonna be like they're gonna be like oregon they're gonna have 82 different uniform combinations yeah. <laughs> hey i would be for that that would be awesome oh my oh, god gosh <laughs> oh i can't deal with that man <laughs> all right that does it for this week we have to give one last congratulations and good luck to Aaron and Hannah as they welcome their second child this week. And thank you for listening. As always, don't forget, if you want to interact more with us and find out more about us, head over to beersinthelot.com. You'll find the links to our Discord channel. It's been pretty lively this week with some of our beer league friends and teammates. But until then, we'll catch you next week. Have a nice time, everyone. <laughs>